Welcome along to the Drop the Label podcast. I'm your host, Sarah. Labels are all around us. We use them freely and often without thought. This podcast is an exploration of various labels discussed with various guests from different perspectives. We want to get people thinking about labels in their simplest form so that they adopt those that serve their higher self and drop those labels that hold them back in life. Thank you for listening. Will you drop the label? This podcast is brought to you by RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland, home of Team Carnage and the Barbell Club. We are the North East's premier transformation facility, taking you from absolute beginner to photoshoot ready. You just got to do the work. Check us out on Instagram and Facebook at the Barbell Club or RT Fitness Durham and Sunderland or over on our website, www.rtfitness.uk. On today's episode, the one after the pilot, I chat to Caroline Potts from Ellison Gray Bridal Boutique. We discuss loads from the label mam to domestic abuse survivor and thoughts on the mask or label slipping when you live your life according to the labels attached to you by others. We could have gone on for hours, so this is no doubt number one with a definite sequel. Enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome along to Drop the Label podcast. Today I'm joined by the lovely Caroline Potts. Um, so as I mentioned in the um, initial podcast, this is all to do with labels. Um, the labels that we attribute to ourselves, the labels that we get given from others, um, and basically what they mean and, and how they might hold us back in life. Um, so Caroline, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit about you. Yes, I will do. So I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, so I know Sarah, I know you, through um, coming to the gym, which I've been coming for about four years. So I've known you for about four years. Um, I run my own business. I've got a bridal boutique in Durham. Uh, a mum to two boys. What else about me? How many labels can I blast out in the intro? <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much me, really. Um, yeah, that's me. Okay. <laughs> so, obviously, I mean, straight away there, one of the things that stood out to me was mum, mm-hmm. yep. mom, mother, you know, whatever label you want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like, since becoming a mum, that you've changed in any way? Or how does that label feel or sit with you as a person? So, um, I don't mind being called a mum. It definitely isn't the only thing about me. And I have thought about the labels, actually, because we talked before the podcast. I thought a lot about labels and how I use them. Um, and just kind of a little bit of history about me is I used to have a corporate job, as I'd call it, a, a proper job before I started my own <laughs> business. Um, like kind of big corporate jobs, you know, um, quite, you know, quite responsible jobs and, you know, earn quite a good wage and all that kind of thing. And I'm, on reflection, I used to use labels a lot more then than I do now. So when somebody would say it to me, when I was traveling, for example, all over the world as I did, you know, who are you? Um, well, I'm a mum to Ellis, because I only had one at the time. And I think that was partly me using that label to kind of justify or make myself feel better that he was at the forefront of everything when I was away working and, you know, maybe losing a bit of time with him. Um, so I, I probably used the mum label quite a lot when I had a big job and was maybe not... I was away a bit more, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Now, because I run my own business and I manage my own time and I'm probably around a lot more, I don't really label myself as mum. I don't feel the need to use that. I don't need to feel the need to justify myself mm-hmm. or label myself so much. Um, but I'm quite, I, I don't mind so much people saying you're a mum as long as they realise that that's not all I am. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not 
just a business owner, that kind of thing. There's a lot yeah. more to me than just just that or just that mm -hmm. kind of thing, if that makes sense. It's mad how we can hear this one like one label at a time and, and sort of we feel like sometimes with, with a lot of people that defines who we are yep. to that person. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting how you obviously said that you used mum more than when you weren't around as much. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that was sort of a protection of self to sort of make yourself feel better for not being at home as much? Or do you feel like it was more you were setting boundaries? Like, yes, you were a high-flying businesswoman mm -hmm. and you were doing all these things and travelling the world, but first and foremost, the most important thing was that you were a mum. Mm -hmm. I think a bit of everything you've just said there, really... Um, my driving force wanting to earn more money, <clears throat> excuse me, and be successful, <clears throat> excuse me, was for Ellis. Because mm -hmm. I was a single mum. So actually, that's probably the label I use more than anything, really. Um, you know, it was really important for me to be successful and him see that and, you know, just build this career. Um, but I used it in the corporate world as well to set the expectation, like you say, so... Yes, I might be abroad, but I have to take phone calls. I have to ring my son, um, you know, and just, <clears throat> yeah, I just set it out there. Yeah. So that, that's what came first. Maybe to my detriment, who knows? Maybe I could have been CEO had I not said these things. You never know, do you? I know, but then if you were little. CEO, then you wouldn't have been bridal boutique owner. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't use that. I don't feel the need to label myself so much now. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, if you run your own business, you're accountable to yourself. I'm not answering to anyone. So I don't need to put those kind of, mm -hmm. like you say, those expectations out there or those boundaries out there. Mm -hmm. um, you know. So, so what, does, <clears throat> what does the label mum actually mean to you? Oh, um, I weren't expecting that I one. I wasn't expecting that one. It was a bit of a curveball. <laughs> uh, um, so I think, ma'am, I think you're a role model. That's what you, you should be doing. Um, I think it's just, yeah, being that person that, that somebody looks up to you. I don't say it negative, you right. know. Um, if somebody said to me, I'm, so what I do a lot, actually, when people say it, they'll say, I'm just a mom, or I'm just a, I don't know, just a cleaner. Or just, and I'm like, you're not just anything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a, you're a cleaner, you're a mom. And that, that, you know, that's fine to to be More what you are, you know? Thing. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, but I think, yeah, a label as a mum, well, it's a lovely label to have because not everyone has the pleasure, do they? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've had friends that have struggled to be mums, my sister struggled and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it is a, it's an honour and a pleasure. Um, but yeah, I think the main thing of that is, you know, your responsibility to be a role model. And that's probably part of the re because of that pressure I put on myself because of that label was to be successful in my career. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very conscious, because now I have two sons, that I have four eyes watching me all yeah. the time. Yeah. I mean, we do things pressure. wrong, I swear, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm not perfect. But when I've been through bad times, I've made damn sure they've watched me get back up. Yeah. You know, you don't sit and wallow. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, you have a bit cry, but then you get your shoulders back, your mascara on, and they watch you. That's really important to me. So you're showing them resilience. I think so, yeah. Which the world's lacking in. <laughs> I mean, it that's is, obviously yeah. a very personal opinion, but yes, I think showing them resilience too. Any knockbacks and any Absolutely. knockdowns, you have to show them how to get back up and get on with things because, yes, you can talk more, 
everything's a lot more open now. A lot mm -hmm. more people yeah. are a lot more open to talking about the problems that they have. Um, but I do definitely think there's a lack of resilience in, you know, back in the day. And you talk to older people and, well, we wouldn't do this. And, you know, you just get on with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, the, we, we need to get a bit, bit more of that back. So I think yeah. mm -hmm. me as a mum, obviously, <clears throat> I've, I've got Caster, who's almost three. And then mm -hmm. I've got Jake and Dex, my stepsons, yeah. but the me sons, the me boys, mm -hmm. all three of them are me boys. Um, it is about, you know, teaching them that life's not easy. Absolutely. That you, you are going to get knocked down. You are going to go through troubles, but it's how you deal with that and how you get back up and bounce back from totally. shit that happens that's important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My mum always says, when in hell, keep walking. I've never heard that one. That's my, <laughs> um, that's one of my guiding little lights. I have a lot of guiding little lights <laughs> that I pull out the bag when I need them. But that's what you've got to do. Mm -hmm. You can't just stop. There's an option. And like I say, when you've got people watching you, um, you know, the, there's, there's no other option. Just keep going, don't you? And get on with it and do mm -hmm. the best you can. I mean, obviously, last week I was talking to Ross um, on the podcast and we were talking about how and where labels come from mm -hmm. and, and how soon in our life that these labels sort of play a part. And I was saying how it's literally from the day you're born. Yep. Your parents will use body language and tones of voices that will sort of set in your head what a particular thing means mm -hmm. and how it can totally form how they are in later life. Um, and it's mad just to think how much of an influence we have on them with the words that we use. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, strong You've got to be resilient. You've mm -hmm. got to be all these yeah. things. Um, but it's then sort of keeping a check on any language that they use to not... I mean, obviously, you've remembered some of the things that you, you obviously your mum says. Like mm -hmm. your guiding lights. That's, yeah, yeah. That's our job. That's that's what I take away as being a mum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's We are the guiding lights to show them the way, basically. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So... Tell me a bit about your boutique. Where did that Where did that stem from? What <clears throat> What made you leave your, your job before you got to CEO level? <laughs> <laughs> I'm realistic. I would have never got to CEO level. But anyway, because I've got too much of a big mouth. Um, <laughs> so I'll probably jump all over a little bit, and it's a bit of a weird story. Um, so I was married to Ellis's dad. We split up when he was very little. He was only eight months old when I left him. Raised him for a long time, and then met, met the new guy, um, who I have my youngest son with, who's three, just a few weeks older than your little one. Uh, so we're both pregnant at the same time. Um, met him, married him very quickly, then realised he wasn't a very nice man. Um, controlling, abusive, all those horrible things. Um, and at that point, I, I was pregnant with the littlest one and I got offered my redundancy. I would have never been brave enough, I don't think, to have left my job and set up my business but because I was with this person and he, um, I suppose he offered me the opportunity to do it because he earned enough money for us to survive without me working for a bit. Um, and it was easier to leave my job as well because I used to get a lot of um, stress and abuse for going to work because I worked with a lot of men. I was in banking at that time. Right. I was convinced I was having an affair with my boss. I didn't even like my boss, so there's no way I was <laughs> having an affair with them. Um, that's why I spoke about my boss a lot, because we didn't get on. Um, but, you know, all those kind of things. So I left my job when I was 14 weeks pregnant, um, and the plan on paper was for me to set up my business. Turns out the day we went into lockdown, I left my husband, because it got to the point where I knew 
it wasn't going to end well being locked up for that long mm -hmm. with the kids and me. So again, that resilience or stupidity, I'm not quite sure, to be honest with you, <laughs> you label it as you will. Um, I sat down at my mum's kitchen bench and I thought, right, we're locked down. I haven't got a job. I've mm -hmm. just left him. I've left my house. <laughs> I'm living at my mum's with my two kids. Uh, may as well set up this boutique then that I've been talking about for about five years, wishing for, wanting to do. And there it was born. Right. So I do say to people, because people will say to me, are you dead brave for doing it? And I'll say, I don't know if I was brave or stupid. Mm -hmm. And I really don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, but that's how it was born. Do you know what it is where you've just been talking there that totally... Do you know when people say that sometimes you've got a really... When you're in a dark place and you're in a dark situation, you're in a shit situation. Yeah. You've got to realise how many opportunities actually come from that. And a lot of people 100%. go... 100%. You're full of shit. Like, nah. no way. There's not like, no, I'm in such a dark, horrible place. Yeah. That, that's it. This mm -hmm. is my life. Uh -huh. But there is. There's opportunity and abundance when you really sit and, and sometimes getting taken to such a shit place makes you think, no, I can, I can actually do this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's there. I'm going to go for it. And it becomes a focal point and it, bring, it helps bring you out of the darkness, should we say? Yeah, no, totally. I totally agree with that. And I think things happen for a reason and things move you towards opportunities. I completely agree with that. And I always say, you know, about COVID, it, it's horrendous and it's taken so much from so many people. But for me, on reflection, it gave me more than it took. Yeah. I walked out the door, it was the 23rd of March. It was Mother's Day, wasn't it? We went into mm -hmm. lockdown and I knew we were going to lock down. I had a sense we were going to. And I thought, I can't stay here. We're not, well, I'm not going to walk out of here. Right. So I walked out of the house with my baby and a few <laughs> carrier bags of food that had been thrown at me and my other son and drove to my mum's. And as we discussed before the podcast, I opened my mouth. Mm -hmm. I knew he was a bit dodgy, but I said everything. Yeah. I knew from that moment, because I opened my mouth, that it was out there and I had to do something about it. Had I not left him that day, had I not met him, all these things, I would have never started my business. Yeah. I wouldn't have done. You know, so I think you've... On reflection, you know... You, you see those opportunities, yeah. Mm -hmm. You've just got to take it and be brave or stupid, whichever label we'll use for it, to just brave. go for it. I, I think, think we yeah, use brave. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> oh, there's always a bit of stupidity and bravery, though, isn't there? Really, if you think about it. Like yeah, someone, if you think about it too much, you won't do it. Someone's brave for jumping off a cliff. It's like, it's like obviously, I'm not talking about jumping off a cliff, jumping off a cliff. I'm talking about when you're in Mexico and you're wanting to jump off a really high thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. And it takes some level of courage to actually... I shit myself on how to do it in Mexico. Uh -huh. um, but it takes some bravery, but at the same time, it is a little bit stupid, even though you know it's safe. Oh, For yeah. the most part, you could actually really hurt yourself. Oh, yeah, So absolutely. it's a bit of both, bravery mm -hmm. and stupidity yeah. go hand in yeah. hand, I think. I think that's my life a little bit, though. That's who I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got to go for it sometimes. You do, and that's kind of... I don't know how to survive not doing something, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, my therapy was, I suppose, doing the business. And I talk, I'm, I'm very open. I'll talk to my friends, talk to, you know, people at the gym and all that. And I think that's what got me through it, that focus. Mm -hmm. And I had a conversation actually about Ellison Gray, because that's what's called, named after my boys, um, which gives me purpose. I had a conversation, somebody said something about, oh, you, you know, you're dead blase about the business. Because I'll say, yeah, it'll be all right. Well, you know, I'll get there. I'll do this, I'll do that. And I said, we're not blasé at all. That's just how my coping mechanism, mm -hmm. you know, when I'm stressed or whatever, I said, but never underestimate the importance of that business and what hangs over that door. Yeah. I said, you, you don't understand clearly what that represents to me. Yeah. 
because that was born out of me walking away from something massive, my life changing, you know. Mm -hmm. it's, it's hugely important that that's, that name hangs up and it's everywhere and it's, you know, it's my boy's names. It's massive representation. Absolutely, absolutely. And it won't fail. As my best mate says, it's not an option. It isn't. Just I like, not an that, option, I like that saying failure isn't an option. That's what she just says to me, best mate Alex. Not an option. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's a motivational speech to me. <laughs> not an option. Yeah. So obviously you've touched on there, um, you know, about what you went through with your ex-husband. Yeah. Um, and I know we've touched on in, in conversations of late and it's it's highly, highly public at the moment is the whole Absolutely, yeah. Johnny Depp, Amber Heard mm -hmm. situation. I've been totally like, it's like what, it's like a car crash. Like, you know, yep. you don't want to watch mm -hmm. because you think, Jesus Christ, this is, this is someone's life. Yep, and absolutely. it's playing out in public and it's awful. Like the details that they're going into, awful. And it's, it's like, obviously, I feel bad watching it because it's watching someone's personal life play mm -hmm. out, but obviously they've, they've put themselves in, in, into that position for, for one reason or another. Um, but it's interesting when, as I was saying, like from a, a domestic abuse perspective, a lot of people were chipping in on the comments and I've been reading the comments mm -hmm. probably more than I've been watching the trial itself. Yeah. And all of these comments are saying, they start with, I'm a domestic abuse survivor. I'm a domestic abuse survivor. Yeah. And each and every person has got an opinion that's different to the next. Yeah. In the sense of, um, Amber Heard must be a liar because there's no way I could sit in a courtroom opposite the person who'd abused me. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Amber Heard's a liar because she's laughing and she's talking about how much she loved Johnny Depp. And, it, and, and then someone else is chipping in saying, well, I couldn't say that I loved him and I wouldn't be talking about all these gifts that he lavished on us. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be saying he bought us those gifts to cover up the fact that he was an absolute monster. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. she came at it from a point of view of... You know, he was lovely, he was a gentleman, he used to spoilers, he was lovely. So there's all these different opinions, but they all start with, I'm a domestic abuse survivor, and this, this, and this. And it's like, I was thinking about it last night, and I was thinking, does that not render the two words, domestic abuse, fucking pointless? Mm -hmm. And that might sound awful, but if you bear with us. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pointless in the sense that it's such a complex label. It is so complex and it means so many different things to so many different people that actually, if you wanted to identify as something, mm -hmm. maybe just identify as a survivor yep. because it's positive, it's empowering. It's a representation of the fact that you've got through some fucking horrible shit mm -hmm. rather than saying I'm a domestic abuse survivor because then that kind of puts you into this category where you've, there's an expectation of what you should be like. Everyone's yeah. expecting Amber Heard to talk <clears throat> trash about Johnny Depp. They're expecting her not to be able to sit in the same room as him. They're expecting her not to smile and laugh about good memories that she has. Mm -hmm. There's this huge expectation, and it's like, if, if, if you do use those two words, does it limit your behavior? Does it, you know, does it then affect your future relationships, how you deal with other men or women? Mm -hmm. Like, are you always cautious in your decision-making? Like... Do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, it's one of those labels where, I mean, I haven't been through it personally, so you'll be able to obviously, you know, talk to me a bit more mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, 
but is it one of those labels where I actually just drop those two words, they're not definitive, before it happened you were more than just a domestic abuse survivor, yep. after it happened you're more than just a domestic abuse survivor, focus on the survivor element, focus mm -hmm. on the bit that lifts you up, focus on the bit that empowers you to move forwards, yep. rather than still being a victim. Yeah. That's a big question, that. It is, isn't wow. it? Sorry. No, it's all right. <laughs> so, uh, let's see what I want to say. So, um, I don't use the term domestic abuse survivor, if I'm honest, because there's a little bit of his... It was horrible what I went through, and it was bad, and it was, a domestic, it was domestic abuse. There's no two ways about it. There's so many people being through so much worse. So do I feel a bit of a fraud using that label term? Yeah, probably sometimes I do. Um, I'm fierce that it's not who I am. It won't define me. Mm -hmm. It was three years out of my life. Um, and I never thought I'd be in that situation. So there's probably carrying a little bit of shame there because I'm strong and all these things that everyone says about me and that I want, probably want people to think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a big softy, really, but, like, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, so I don't necessarily use it because it's not, like I say, it doesn't define who I am. Um, I think for some people it does define who they are, and that's probably, again, this is just my interpretation or thoughts on it, probably because they, they maybe have lost themselves completely. I lost who I was really a lot in a short space of time. So mm -hmm. if you've been in a situation for 20 years, 30 years, God knows, you know, maybe that's all you know, mm -hmm. and that's what you've got to cling on to to survive. Right. You know, that, that label you wear with pride because you thought you might never actually be that, be able to have that label. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because you might have thought. And at one point, I thought I was going to be a statistic. Right. You know, um, so I think um, it's fine for people to use it. If they want to use it, that's cool. You know, you, you, you use your labels. I think from the other side of it, we have to think about how we define that label. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose if we have negative connotations about a label, then we put that onto that person. Yeah. So we have to understand why they're seeing it. So it's thinking a little bit deeper about why they feel the need to use that, mm -hmm. you know? Because, um, you know, you will meet some people and within two minutes of meeting them, you might never met them in your life, they'll tell you they're a domestic abuse survivor or they're a cancer survivor or yeah. they're, a, you know... And if that's what they need to do, yeah, that's cool. You know, um, I always try and think about why people behave the way they behave. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, it is true that saying sound like a TikTok user. Or, you know, <laughs> people who need the most love ask in the most unloving ways. Mm -hmm. You know, so you, if somebody's behaving badly and not being nice, there's something not right. They're unhappy. You know what I mean? So if somebody's using domestic abuse survivor or whatever label they're using then why, why do they feel that need? Yeah. And am I going to shoot them down over using it? Because yeah. it makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, I'll try not to. We're all guilty of doing that. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just understanding why they want to use it and yeah. that kind of thing. Um, I think it is a, it's a hard one because everyone's experience of domestic abuse, for example, is different, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> and God... Uh, you know, if anyone can take anything from what I'm saying here, think before you open your mouth when you're talking to somebody who said they've been um, through domestic abuse. 
because I had people saying to me, oh, but you're so strong. Like it shouldn't happen to a it's strong person. That's shaming someone. Yeah. And I said it to my mum. My mum was like, I never even thought. She said, it just, I, I'm just surprised. And I said, yeah, but you, it's, you're putting shame onto me. It's not my fault. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and I, I think the best one has to be, well, did he hit you? Oh, because that's the only form of abuse. <laughs> well, because you didn't say any black eyes doesn't mean he didn't hit me. Yeah. Doesn't mean he didn't grab me, do what, all this stuff. But is that your, that's your level? Do you know what I mean? If you're asking me that, then that's what you think domestic abuse is. Mm -hmm. No, domestic abuse as well, or coercive control, whatever label, uh, label we put on it. You know, if you're frightened of somebody, if you're frightened of somebody in your home, that is domestic abuse. Yeah. You know, the threat of being hit, the threat of being embarrassed, shamed, all those things, you know. Um, so I think people have to think about what they think of a label, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of my take on it a bit. And mm -hmm. the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing, it makes me feel so uncomfortable because I just think it's so sad. Yeah. Whether he did that, she did that, whatever. It, I, from my experience, living that behind closed doors, the anxiety, the... The, just the horror of it, it's awful. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want anyone to feel like that, whether it's him or her or both of them felt like that. It's just vile yeah. that anyone feels that way and to live that way, it's just not nice. They're clearly not right for each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was whoever. clearly quite toxic. <laughs> clearly, yeah, it wasn't a good relationship. Um, and it's sad for, you know, people. It's, it's just sad to watch, really, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's such a big thing because obviously people are looking at it from one respect saying, you know, Amber Heard's really brave. She's come out of, of this abusive relationship and she's she's speaking her truth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and she represents millions, billions, billions of women who go through it and who are suffering it, who are currently living it and who've yeah. got out of it. But then the same set of, of, of Johnny Depp, like... He's a male, you know, it's not often that a man comes out about it, it, it mm -hmm. you know, it, it, and then and then it's like, oh, well, well, Johnny Depp's speaking up for all the men who suffer from domestic abuse, yeah. because, it, 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 you know, it isn't always women, mm -hmm. um, you know, men suffer it too, and it's sort of, it's scary because these people are famous that... Yeah. It has, it has, it's like watching a movie. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find frightening how is as a society and humans in general. Yep. We whack all these labels on things and we glamorize issues mm -hmm. and we make money off shit situations, which yep. is ultimately what's happening. And like, obviously when it first came about, I was like, oh, I'm team Johnny. Yeah. Because I've got Johnny Depp on a pedestal because he's nice to look at mm -hmm. and he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Like, I still stand by that. He is a brilliant actor. I don't know much of her work, but obviously she's an actor as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously listening to her side of the story, it's like, I just don't know what to believe and who might even sit and judge. Yeah. And that's what I, I've been questioning myself. Like I'm mm -hmm. sitting questioning my behavior and, and my thought process of it all because it's like, wow, like this is serious shit. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to decide who I believe, mm -hmm. who I believe more. Yeah. And the reality is, like I said before, Ross always says this line, there's, there's their truth, then there's their truth, mm -hmm. and then the actual truth somewhere in the middle of it. Yeah, uh -huh. And I think what we all do, and celebrities particularly, because they have massive PR teams doing this, we all curate the labels that we have. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so my ex-husband, had I walked into his job, he worked offshore, had I walked in and told his boss what he was like at home, no doubt in my mind that he would have turned around and said, absolutely not, no way. Because at work, he was high flyer, amazing, the best ever. Mm -hmm. There's no way they would have thought that. And he managed the perception of himself there. Mm -hmm. Pictures of me and the boys, our house, our car, like, you know, all this. Well, yeah, he managed that label. Yeah. Good family guy, da-da-da. And he did that very well in front of people at the school gates, etc. Mm -hmm. All that kind of stuff, you know, messing around with the kids, like swinging them around because he was a big, muscly guy. And, all and when I told people, couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. I had people who were friends of mine and they weren't doubting me. It was just shock. They were like, no way. Yeah. Then after that, obviously, they know me, so they knew I wouldn't lie because, you know, I don't tell lies. Um, but I think we, we do that as people. We manage the labels that people put onto us. Um, you know, Will Smith we could talk about. I mean, was everyone shocked that he behaved like that? I think most people were because we have a perception of Will mm -hmm. that PR will have managed. He's managed over the years that he's a great, fun, look, I mean, God, he's a fresh prince. Yeah. Fun, loving, fun guy. Like, oh, my God, he's just great. Like, and I quote Will Smith. I'm devastated because this is one of my best lines. Stop pissing on me flames. Because that's one of his... Is that one of his It's lines? his, yeah. He chats about who's fanning your flames, who's pissing on your fire. And I say that all the time, so, so if someone annoys me, yeah. I'll say, stop pissing on me flames. I feel like I shouldn't use that anymore because Will Smith's, like, fallen from grace a little bit. I say use mine. I like pissing on chips. Pissing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where it'd come from. But yeah, I might have that's... to use it, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so he, he's managed those labels, so we all do that. Mm -hmm. And I think we use labels as protection for yeah. ourselves. You know, like I was saying earlier about my job, well, I'm a mum, so that protects that bit of us and yeah. all that. And that, like, people are using the survival label or whatever it be. Um, it, it, you're kind of setting your stall out, aren't you? Mm -hmm. And I think we use, sometimes use labels to, uh, like, put people in that box. Yeah. So if somebody's been away, they can do it. I will do that with my ex-husband. He's a monster. Because for me, that's how I deal with that. Yeah. Did I love him? Of course I loved him. So, yeah, you, you know, you put labels on other people to help you deal with things, yeah. protect yourself, all that kind of stuff. So, like, my ex-husband, I suppose I would say he's a monster. Um, or he's an idiot. I'll probably use stronger words than that. <laughs> I know you've been very polite. Well, I know. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear. Because I'm a mother and I don't swear. I do swear. I swear <laughs> um, but I put that label on him because that's how I deal with it. Of course I loved him. Mm -hmm. You know... But that, I swear, that fucks your head, doesn't it? Because if I think of the nice bits he had, which people do... You start a question. Yeah, you start a question. So I'll just put him in that box and I'll put that label on. You know, and that's fine. That's how I deal with it. Yeah. Um, and we do that to people. If somebody's nasty, to you, you'll say, oh, they're a dickhead. Mm -hmm. Or they're this, or she's angry or she's got issues. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, 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 we fire out labels all the time. And a lot of times to make us feel comfortable... So yeah. we know where we're at with somebody. Yeah. You know, somebody's having a breakdown in the corner, crying or whatever. Oh, she's... I'm not just a bit mental, but you know what I mean? Oh, she's, she's got anxiety or she's got this or that. Because that makes us feel better about we know where we're at. Yeah. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But then again, it goes back into the connotation of the label. Because do we have the same understanding of that label as what they do and other people yeah. that we're saying it to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um... 
I suppose, again, that domestic abuse survivor label. If somebody said that about me, what does somebody else think who doesn't know me? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think you would say that about me is the first thing if you were saying about, oh, Caroline from the gym, she's this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because um, what would that person think, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a funny one. Yeah, I think I say you is a lot more than that. Like, yeah, I know you've well, been through that, yeah. but mm -hmm. you're a lot more than that. Yeah. And I don't know, I, I suppose, you know, at the outset of this whole podcast thing, mm -hmm. it was, like my journey of, of sort of self-reflection and, and looking at how I label people, yeah. how I label myself and how it does affect decision-making and all mm -hmm. the rest of it. And it's, it's, it's quite a deep topic, really, and it's, yeah. quite, it's quite scary, but I'm proper thinking about mm -hmm. things that I'm talking about and things that I'm saying, I'm thinking about more and more and more, and it's like, it's sort of tr me trying to be a better person. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, me trying not to judge people, and yeah. to sort of understand other people's perceptions of what a particular label is before yeah. I just wade in there with what I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I suppose an example of that, I remember a few months ago, you said something okay. and I said, you're too cool for school. Do you remember I put it on Facebook? It was on one of the comments or something. I said, you're too cool for school. And you came back and said, oh, you haven't heard that since school. But you took it as a bit of a negative. I can't remember what I said. Because were you <laughs> not... I think you said something about that. I was like, oh, like the people who were a bit... A bit like weird, and I was like, no, it was like the cool people, right. the two cool school. So the difference in what we had mm -hmm. of what we thought that label was. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it's like yeah, if I if I talk to Jake about, about what an emo is. Yeah. I know what my version of an emo was at school, mm -hmm. but his version of emo is totally different. Yeah. Like my emo at school was sort of like a skater, mm -hmm. dark eyeliner. Yeah. The lads as well, black nail varnish. Baggy trousers, mm. like listen to like rock music and hardcore yeah. stuff. And then Jake was like, wait, no one aim was like just miserable. <laughs> like the mope around, they're a bit minging, they're a bit scruffy. They're not bothered about what people think of them. They're just, you know, yeah. like a mizog. <laughs> but it used to be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was definitely an emo. <laughs> but then when Jake said, I, I wasn't was like, that cool. I wasn't, I'm not an emo anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think I was cool. <laughs> See, like, cool, I use that a lot. So when I started um, my bridal boutique, we had this rep who reps for some of the designers, Daisy, who's lush, pink hair, checky jacket, stripy trousers. You know, she's cool. The moment I met her, I was like, Daisy, you're so cool. <laughs> she's effortlessly cool, which is annoying. And I remember talking about some designers and different headpieces and all this kind of stuff. I was like, Daisy, I'm not cool enough for that. She's like, you are cool. I was like, I'm not cool. And like, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And I actually brought one of them in later on. And I messaged her saying, like, I'm cool now. She's like, well. <laughs> but, you know, straight away, I put that label on her. Uh -huh. And I, I, to me, it's like, it's a good label. Like, yeah, she yeah, is yeah. proper cool. I could never be. Like, I'm not. But then you're putting that label on yourself. I know, but, like, that's safe, though, isn't it? Because I don't want to be like, oh. That's a limiting belief. It is a limiting belief. Because of, it, because of your perception of what cool is. Mm -hmm. You've thought, well, I can't be cool because you think cool is something. Yeah. And then Mad. people have said that to me when I've been at, you know, shows and all that. And I said, but you are, you're like, you are cool? I'm like, I'm not. They're like, you are, you're proper cool. The way you behave, I'm like, please, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> please, no, but keep telling and us. And then I'll say things like, no, because I'm a mom. Like, my son doesn't, th there you go, the labels. I'm a mom. No, my son doesn't think I'm cool. I'm, like, more traditional. I'm not, like, edgy and, you know, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. You pull all these labels out, don't you? Yeah. Kids never think you're cool, though, do they? No, well, apparently not. No. <laughs> definitely not. Although, like... 
what does he know wearing like white socks pulled up you know like out in his thingies careful what you're saying about white socks because i wear no my but white you're socks cool like he's not he's just like <laughs> and ross is sitting there chuckling and he wears his yeah. white socks pulled up no but you know what i mean like kids oh god yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'm going to go back a step yep just a little bit um where you mentioned masks you mentioned will smith and you mentioned yes. about how we put will smith on a pedestal because he was cool he was the fresh prince the fresh prince yeah do you feel like some labels are taken on board by a person as a mask not as a not as a, a protection of themselves but more of a they're they're going to identify with what other people label them as like the Fresh Prince is, is cool and hip. And do you think he's taken that on himself rather than, like, and, and, and sort of personified that mm -hmm. rather than actually being himself to the point where actually what happened at the Oscars, it was his mask dropping? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, it was like the oh fuck moment where it was like, yeah, the, re the real Will Smith actually came out in that moment. Um... So I, I do think people wear masks, put masks on. I mean, would PR exist if that wasn't the case? Because mm. that's what that's what that is. It's managing the public perception of something. Yeah. And it's people. And again, back to corporate life. That's what the PR teams do. Yeah. You know, and you, you've it's it's very managed of how the senior leaders are, what they put out there on social, all these kind of things. Um, so yeah, I think people do wear masks mm -hmm. yeah um and that's managed and it's again that domestic abuse thing when we say people use that label because some people don't know any different yeah that's all they know themselves to be mm -hmm. um likewise some people only know themselves to be a mum or to be an entrepreneur we can use that word so and i suppose eventually people for want of a better term believe the hype yeah so if will smith's been told He's cool, he's amazing, he's fanning everyone's flames, <laughs> you know. Then, yeah, he believes it. Yeah. And it, that's what he portrays to people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't be a stupid guy to make all that money, so he ain't going to go around smacking people all the time and yeah. mouthing off and effing and jeffing because he knows that he ain't going to make them money and he's not going to get positive press about that. Yeah. Again, though, going back to the behaviours and trying to understand people, when I watched that, everyone was like, oh, what a dickhead, da, da, da. I try to take a moment... And I'm not like holier than thou and amazing. I'm not an amazing person, but I try to step back and think something is going on there. Yeah. Like you don't just lose your shit like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's the Oscars for God's sake. Yeah. Something's going on. Mm -hmm. And hand on heart, I probably thought Jada. Yeah. Like I, there's something about her that doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. But again, I don't know what goes on behind closed doors with them. You don't know their their marriage, who she is, who he is, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it seemed to kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And that, again, makes me sad that that's... It's happened, and I felt bad for Chris Rock, obviously, getting yeah. slapped in the face, because that's so embarrassing and yeah. humiliating. Um, yeah, but I think he... I think the mask slipped a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Because I'd read... Will Smith's book, mm -hmm. prior to all this happening, and my perception of Will Smith had actually changed just off reading his yeah. book. Obviously, it was a first-person account. It was him writing it. Um, 
And I said to Ross at the time, I said, I've, I've changed my way of thinking about Will Smith, like, completely. Mm -hmm. um, I think from reading his book, I thought there's a bit of volatility there. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a bit of something. And, like, there was, there was a section in the book where he confronted... Um, I'm sure it was someone, like, a, a music producer of a record label or mm -hmm. something like that, and they were sitting in this room, and I can't remember the precise people. might have been Jazzy Jeff. And he faced off with this... Mm -hmm. music person and he was like you fucking sit down mm -hmm. you sit down this shit's gonna like just escalate like mm -hmm. sit down and one of them one of them I'm sure had something like a paperweight off the desk in his hand or something yeah it's quite a, like like I was really thinking this happened and like it was you mm -hmm. like that's yeah. not the Will Smith I know like yeah, and exactly. it got us thinking about the type of person he was and it turned out this guy had gone through like quite serious surgery for his back and he couldn't actually sit down which was why he was standing up he wasn't standing up to be, to be in a perspective, mm -hmm. of, like, in a position of authority, you ought to be intimidating. Um, but Will Smith was like, you sit down, sit down, you sit down when you're talking to me. Yeah. And it was like quite, it was aggressive. It, it felt like dirty when I was reading it. And I said to Ross, I says, I've totally changed my thoughts on yeah. Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Just from that, like I said, it's a first person account. He's yeah. wrote it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I wonder if, if maybe there's, there's that part of him that he's always kind of buried because it doesn't bring money, it doesn't yeah. bring mm -hmm. good PR. Or it could be the other thing, that he believes his hype, that he's been told he's so important and amazing, mm -hmm. that he believes he can actually tell people to sit down yeah. and people will do it. And that's, that, that is the, I mean, that's the worry in life, isn't it? That you believe the hype. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you get like too big for your boots. Yeah. You know what I mean? And people, yeah, believe all the the this the stuff about them. You have to have like a reality check. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? When you when you're doing well or whatever, um, all that kind of stuff. It's good to have people around you that keep you grounded, but at the same time, yeah. The same time, I think you're allowed to believe your own hype and give yourself a good. Oh yeah, as long as you're not becoming an arrogant twat with it. Yeah. Like, there's nothing worse. Yeah. 100%. There's, oh, there's like no. So again, another one of my phrases. I mean, I'm giving them all out here for free. Don't be a dick. That's Ross's phrase. He's going to, he's going to uh, well, it can't be Ross. Well, it can't be Ross's phrase because I have a framed <laughs> picture of it in my study, off Daisy, cool Daisy, yeah. bought it for me. And I've said it probably for the last 10 years. And you have to have phrases like this working in corporate life because there are a lot of dicks. Yeah. Um, and don't be a dick. Nobody likes it when you're being a dick. You're a dick and everyone knows you're being a dick because something's wrong with you. Like you're unhappy or other things. What, like, like you've got a little dick? You've got a little dick or you're not getting upset. <laughs> I mean, that's ultimately, isn't it? Like, that's why, you know what I mean? You're unhappy, you're not loved, or, you, you know, you're not getting a shag. Um, yeah, don't be a dick. You know, and you have to remember that. Mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all capable of it and we're all guilty of it. Oh, 100%. You know, moments where you think, I'm being a dick, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I do say, I say that to my 11-year-old son sometimes. Like, you're being a dick, stop it. Because mm -hmm. nobody likes it when people behave like that. Sometimes it works, sometimes it just goes off in the hoof, but... You know. That's kids. Yeah, that is kids. That's kids. Whack that label on. Grumpy, <laughs> horrible. How many oh more God, labels I have I got? Oh, I didn't know it is. I shouldn't even realise I didn't there. That's kids. Yeah. I've just put and a I, label on it. I do that with my son, and I'm trying not to with my son, actually. Um, the eldest one, because he's 11, so he's hormonal and, uh, like, Kevin, off Kevin and Perry. Um, probably not a relevant reference to most listeners. Um, but I throw labels out there. I do. You're grumpy, you're miserable, you're... And I, and after I think, oh, stop it, man, because you don't want him to believe that. And then to start being exactly, and being even more. Absolutely. 
So it is hard when, because you've got me thinking about it when we started talking about this, you know, a few weeks ago, it has got my brain going and I'm more conscious of when I'm using labels mm -hmm. and probably in a way, I think that it, I use them, I use the negative ones rather than positive. So, you know, he had a bit of trouble at school and he was going to school, so I tried all me, you know, come on, you're strong. Yeah. You're resilient, you can do this. He was like, I don't want to go. You're going to get your shoulders back. Come on, you can do it. You know yeah. what I mean? You're a good person, all these things. And I think I'm, you know, try, I'm conscious even more now trying to put the positive ones out there. Because yeah. we do, we, like we say, we're all guilty of pulling those negative ones yeah. and using them. I think everyone does. And I mean, that was the whole, yeah. whole thought pr process behind mm -hmm. this was, like I said before, like getting people to think about the labels that they use about other people, but about themselves, mm -hmm. because we are horrible about ourselves sometimes, and, and it, we, we attach ourselves to these negative labels, and we start behaving in, in sort of set ways because we've given ourselves this yeah. negative thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't mean anything, like, when you when you break it down, the words, yeah. mm -hmm. and, and, like, words in the dictionary have got a, a set definition, but we've muddied them so much Absolutely, now. Absolutely, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they mean so many different things that it's like, it is, it's, it's about reflection and it's about taking away the positive of, mm -hmm. of a word rather than the negative. Yeah. And, and trying to be more positive in the people that we deal with. Yeah, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just chucking a negative out there. Yeah. It should only be positive vibes. Yeah. Like, that's just a good lesson, isn't it, in life? Just yeah. try and be nice, try and be cool. <laughs> try, I'm always trying to be cool. <laughs> just try and be cool. <laughs> and don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, a good way to live. So I yeah, think. I feel like we could talk for ages. Yes, we but could. I think we're going to wrap it up there. Cool. <laughs> I might get you on again. I might. I can talk. <laughs> I, I, think, talk I think we could talk for ages. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think yeah. that's a, a good point to. Mm -hmm, um, absolutely. Yeah. So any brides out there, check out Ellison Grey Bridal Boutique. Absolutely, yes, we I'm are. Gonna, I, I'm still waiting for an invitation to try all the dresses on. You're welcome, anytime. We'll do the next podcast from at my sofa in the boutique. Ooh. How about that? Dale, yeah, good. We'll do, we'll, do some, we'll do some wedding dresses, <laughs> some free yes. advertising. So we'll just sit in wedding dresses. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yes. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Caroline. It's been lovely. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me.